Hey, and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season six, episode 19, Love Lines. Written by Jason M. Palmer... Mm-hmm. who also wrote episodes of the Bernie Mac show and everybody hates Chris and then went on to write for Fox NFL Sunday, which I feel like really explains quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> directed by Joshua Jackson. I am so sorry to say. Yeah. His a- only directing credit ever. Oh, really? Yes, I looked it up. That's sweet, though, that they let him. And I think Kerr it's Smith, too. Yeah, I think it's awesome that they let him. Yeah. They were like, hear us out. Worst one ever. <laughs> this originally aired on April 16th, 2003. I, I hope we watched this episode drunk. I'm sure we did. Uh, without a doubt. We yeah. Did. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, Eddie confronts, for description from Wikipedia, Eddie confronts Joey over her unwillingness to have sex with him. David is hurt when Jack lets Fred, who had earlier flirted with him before finding out the two were involved, sit in a seat which Jack had been reserving for David. Jen, feeling overwhelmed by the reality of Grams's cancer, dumps CJ. All of this plays out on stage as Boston City College, not the name of their university, no, no. hosts Loveline personalities Drew Pinsky and Adam Carolla, and all three relationships are placed under the show's radio show's microscope. Jen admits that her self-destructive behavior is causing her to implode her relationship in fear. Adam reminds Eddie that he abandoned Joey twice and that her unwillingness to trust him is entirely reasonable. David gives Jack an ultimatum, apologize or dump him. The only, the only person, that's not what happens. The only person to get her way is Audrey, who shared a plane with Pinsky while returning to Boston and spends the episode stalking him, resulting in her being abandoned at the venue after Eddie and Joey resolve their issues and rush back to her empty dorm room. Pinsky offers Audrey a ride home. That is the weirdest description of this episode, but I'm not sure how else you would describe this episode. Because <laughs> it's a terrible episode. Yeah. Um, okay. My History's Mysteries, just one this week, is that on April 21st, 2003, retired U.S. Army General Jay Garner becomes interim civil administrator of Iraq. Hmm. How great. Number one movie is Anger Management, starring Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. Anger management broke the Scorpion King's record of $36.1 million for the highest weekend debut in April. Okay. Okay. And the number one song this week is, once again, In the Club by 50 Cent. Yeah, it's pretty. It's going to be here for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, every other debut is absolutely terrible, so we're just going to have some fitty this week, and that's going to be it. I mean, this episode is terrible. Yeah, so. everything. Culture was crashing around <laughs> us, obviously. And still is today. <laughs> and it's only gotten worse. <laughs> um, okay, I have to issue one mea culpa because in my head, as I was writing my notes, I changed um, Pete Yorn's Just Another to Alexi Murdoch's Orange Sky. So the, pa- the song that Pacey and Joey danced to in the last episode should have been Pete Yorn's Just Another. Oh, okay. Not Alexi Murdoch. I don't know why that transposed in my head. Okay. In my my head, Just Another is a Veronica Mars song, and Orange Sky is an OC song, mm-hmm. and those were, like, at the same time, kind of. Right. So, maybe that's it. Okay. I was going through a real time at those, at those, through those shows, so yeah. they're in my head in weird ways. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so, I listen, 
I texted Aaron when I was watching this and I was like, I wrote as little as possible about this episode because it is truly so awful. It's so bad. And I, it's one of those ones where I still be like, did I miss an episode? Yeah. Like, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. And then it's like so disappointing that I feel like I missed something. And then instead we get this like total bullshit of an episode that also doesn't really like move any plot along. Like it. Yeah. It should, though. That's the thing, is that, like, it should move plot along, because most of these couples have a reason to be fighting. Yeah. But then they made up other reasons for them to fight on Loveline. I know. And that didn't fix any of the things that they should have been fighting about. It's truly bizarre. Yeah. And, like, I've already spoken to the, like, MTV... A vacation of yeah. you know Dawson's Creek is particularly in the college years. Yes, like you know we, we there's no disputing the kind of like hold or some you know symbiotic relationship they had. Maybe I don't know uh, yeah. what the deal is, but like so you get that they're like oh we we got to do a Loveline crossover whatever da 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 like fine because did Loveline air it, when it was on TV? Did it air on MTV or yeah. VH1? It was MTV. on MTV. Okay. Yes. As far as I remember. I, yeah. yeah, I think you're right, but I didn't look Yeah. I didn't watch the show. I listened to, I it, listened on to it on the radio because it was from K-Rock, which was my local radio station. But that I, then the show, I was like, because it, it's like anything where it becomes a parody, you know, where like yeah. every question is like, and they joke about it in this episode, like, are you on any medication? Did your dad leave you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and it kind of becomes this parody. And like, that's fine. It's just like one of those things where... It, it's it's contemplative in this way where you see how like sometimes shows run their course and they don't know how to end it. <clears throat> Hello, <laughs> here here we are. <laughs> um, you know, and like for a time, it like it really made the it really changed the dial on just how prevalent um, molestation and sexual yes. assault is, and really creating a space where people didn't feel lonely and isolated and silent within their own personal experiences. Sure. And for that, like, it will always hold, like, this place in society. Yes. But once it became on MTV, like, it was, yeah. like, so produced, so curated, so, yes. like, this. Yeah, and it's interesting because I used to watch, I used to listen to it every night, and where I was from, it aired on a radio station called KOME, mm-hmm. um, 98.5 KOME, uh, RIP. Anymore, yeah. Yeah, it, it ended in... I literally, like, went on a road trip with my aunt and my cousin the summer after my freshman year in high school, and it was there when I left, and it was gone when I came back. Oh, really? It was yeah. gone that long ago? Yeah, I remember yeah. listening to it when we'd be up in the Bay. Yeah, but it, it 98, that must have been. Yeah. So, yeah, it ended then. Wow. Um, anyway, so, um, but came with me, and then, uh, I guess I didn't listen to it as much in high school. I listened to it in junior high. Hmm. Um, and they played Howard Stern in the morning, which I also woke up to. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry to my former self that I did that to yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that like, but I definitely remember like feeling, cause I was in junior high and a little bit in high school and like feeling, you know, and I was like really shy and I didn't, t- I, you know, Joey in this episode, her not talking about sex. I mean, at this point in my life, when I was like 20, yeah. I was perfectly fine talking about sex, but like, but like, or like more fine than her, more fine than her. Yeah. But back when I was listening to Loveline in junior high and, and the early high school, like I was so uncomfortable about it and uh-huh. I didn't know, 
I was so uncomfortable, like, am I normal if I feel this? Or am I normal if I feel that? Or whatever. And, like, I do think that Loveline provided, like, a way for you to feel like, oh, okay, other Mm -hmm. people are asking these questions or other people are having this feeling or whatever it was that, Mm -hmm. like, I do... It's, like, from my perspective here in 2022, I can see what garbage Loveline is, particularly Adam Carolla, but both of them are garbage. Um, but like, and they have, yeah, like, you know, as they've evolved, they become so like, yeah, you know, Dr. Drew was an early, like, not denier, but like down player of COVID. Yes. And he's had some issues here in LA locally that I don't really want to get into. Yeah. And he's like very fat phobic and he's Mm -hmm. like, he's, there's a lot going on with Mm -hmm. Dr. Drew that I, I wish he was a better person. Yeah. But, um, but I think at the time, it's important to, I think, put in the context that at the time, and like at the time that this episode aired, I think all of us like didn't watch or listen to Loveline at that point. No. Like we were kind of like, oh, that was a thing. So so it's interesting that it's in this episode because it's like, it was kind of over, at least for people our age. I, at I this can't point, say anyway. that though. I don't know because I think this is when it transitioned into MTV, and it probably oh, was it probably more got a bigger audience. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. Um, I think for me, it was over. It had been over for a long time. Yeah, so for you too. I agree. Like, like I, said, I guess I sometimes when I was show. in the car late at night, because it was on, it didn't start at like ten or eleven. Yeah, it was like ten to midnight. Ten to midnight. So like, if you were in the car or something late at night, when I was driving home from work, mm-hmm. you know, I used to work at a restaurant, so I would get off late. Like, I, it would be on sometimes, and I would listen to it. But, like, right. when I was in junior high, I, like, went to bed, turned on the radio, and, like, listened yeah, to it every definitely. night. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, same. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, just to say, when we start out this episode, like, Joey and Eddie are in bed together, but we see the wall mm-hmm. behind Joey, and there's, like seven photos of her and Eddie, which, like, last time <laughs> we her, saw this... On her bulletin board of guys I've banged. <laughs> Literally, that's who's on yes. that bulletin board. But, like, last time we saw it, there was one photo of her and Eddie. Yeah. And now there's, like, a ton. So I'm like, okay, first of all, how much time has passed? <laughs> no indication of that. Yeah, and is this Joey? Is she the type of person who, like, goes to Long's Drug and gets her depo- disposable camera photos and, like, right, puts them on these her are real photos. Or, like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, we, we were still in the real photo. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it makes time. sense to have real photos, but, like, I, I just don't really see that in her character. And, like, the way they set it up, it's like, we're in Joey's dorm room, and now she's dating Eddie. And, like... You know, I think to the audience, I said this last week or last episode, it's such a slap in the face that they're like, Pacey and Joey, they're done for no reason. Right. And then now they're like, Eddie and Joey, they've been happily together and we're not going to tell you anything about anything. (laughs) Right. Well, like, how long? Anything like that. Yeah. And like, so we get to this, basically, Eddie is trying to have sex with Joey. Yeah. Is he living there? That's a great question. (laughs) I, th- I want to say that the answer is no, but that I don't have any evidence to prove that. Yeah, I definitely yeah. feel like he's staying there slash, like, essentially living there. Right. But, like, okay. So he's, like, doing that but not fucking her? And it's fine. If she, like, that's fine. Right, but it's... But at the same time, we're going to find out later he's 25 years old. Yeah, I mean, girl, 25. 
He's like showering. I guess they have their own bathroom. It was like, oh, he's yeah. got like flip flops. Wearing flip flops in the bathroom in the shower. Oh my God. No. He just constantly. So Joey's laying on the bed studying and he keeps like trying to maul her. Yeah, and he's she's like, like very uninterested. And he's like, why won't you get with me? <laughs> yeah, like such a flashback to us watching this episode and being like, why is he saying why is that? He, is that an East Coast thing? <laughs> East Coast, we have more faith in you to, th- to think that this Get is Get with me. We don't think it is. I mean, that's like from a Spice Girls lyric. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he's like, I, I was just he like, literally is like, doesn't talk like that. I know. And like, then he, who is this? And it's weird because like, I just don't know how we're supposed to feel about Eddie. Like right. a- after all this time and everything, they like... Are we supposed to buy into him? I don't get it. Because then he's like, what's going on? Is there a hygiene issue? Yeah. Do I smell funny or something like that? And, and he asked her if she has a hygiene oh, issue. Oh, I thought he was asking if he was smelling. Oh, I took it as... Okay. She, her. Yes. Like she's on her period. Yeah. yeah. Or, or has an STD yes. or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know? All right. Um, And so, we're like, are we supposed to like this guy? I mean, I do think that the show would like you to like this guy. I don't see how that's possible, but Good. I didn't write it. And then Audrey just walks in the door. Busts in. It's like, hey, everyone. And Joey's excited. And I'm like, wait a minute. At first I was like, did she not even know yes, that Audrey was coming Yes, I agree. Back? And then thank, thank God, God they did get throw the a line. Finally, we get the line that we needed where she's like, I came early. I a got released early. early, a day early. Yeah. And we're like, okay, thank God. But like, you know, this is something I've been complaining about and we still have five more episodes so I'll probably complain about it. But <laughs> yeah. like, can't we get these conversations where they talk? Well, because you know what's so funny is that like when she burst in and they started talking and hugging and being excited, I was like, oh my God, I love this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the two minutes that I got them together, I was like, I actually love this. These two actresses that you hired to be best friends have very good friend chemistry. Yeah. And also we want to see them be friends. It's just like, is this what a, a shame show that I about seen... friendship? Like what, what is, is going this? on, yeah. you know? And so... Audrey is, it's very excited and very delightful. And she's like, oh my God, Joey, I saw the hottest guy on the plane. He's a celebrity. Who do you think it is? And Joey's like, Brad Pitt. And Audrey's like, come on, that's too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more intellectual. And then Eddie. (laughs) Best joke of the episode. Of the series, I think. (laughs) He goes, was it Ian Ziering? (laughs) I fucking died. I died. I I had to pause because I was like a tear bobbed out. Like. Who wrote that? That shit was, that was funny. This guy who, who only wrote this one episode of Dawson's Creek. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. And then <laughs> amazing, great. Like, how can it be so great in this one <laughs> fucking second? And so terrible. And then just take a terrible turn. And Audrey just like she's super annoyed and yeah. classes to Eddie. And like I don't respect that, but I also hate Eddie. So, so I'm like grappling inter- internally with that. And like I understand that you're just hurling anything to get this guy out of your fucking yes. Life. Um, and. And, you know, Audrey's like, it's Dr. Drew. And Eddie's like, who is that? And so then we get this explanation of Loveline and Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla or whatever. Yeah. Which I guess, like, we're supposed to, that's letting the audience know what's happening. I guess, like, it's like, (laughs) you teenagers who definitely know this. Yeah. Just in case you don't know this. I feel like it's more like you olds. (laughs) The four olds that are watching this show. (laughs) Yeah. 
just yeah. in case uh-huh. you didn't know this is what the kids are into this is what your kids are Listen, watching I gotta say I do wonder maybe we'll put this in our like ask Gina questions uh-huh. I do wonder how much it has changed TV writing that they know people can Google things right do you know what I mean like I feel like they did used to have to explain more because they're like, let us explain who this is or something like that. Mm. And like, or what this is. And now it's like, they're like, well, people don't know they can Google it. True. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so when Audrey goes to the bathroom, Joey... Well, so we find out that they're going to be a live love line and yeah. it's a fundraiser for Boston Bay College and Jen is emceeing, emceeing it. it. That's a lot. Yeah. But just go with it. Yeah. Truly. That's, I mean, definitely go with that because there's going to be a lot in this episode that they're going to ask you to go with that it's going to be impossible to. I know, seriously. So Joey sits down and says, she's back. Like the poltergeist, the lady from Poltergeist. And she like giggles with Eddie and I'm just like, what What the fuck is this? Like, is Joey best friends with Audrey? I mean, like, I know everyone thinks it's funny when I say Harley's her best friend, but like, come at me. (laughs) No, you're right. I know. (laughs) They think it's funny funny because you're right I know it's like she's not friends with Audrey she's not friends with Jen Dawson has never once been her friend you know Pacey and her are like friends in the sense where they're like they should just date right but like Harley is her best friend I mean for all yeah right now absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe she said that about Audrey she's back yeah the way she was like I can't believe like and she's like joking there she's bonding with Eddie over this yeah I don't, it's like, I think it's supposed to be like chummy and friendly, like, oh, you know, my, my crazy friend is back, like, but that's, I don't know. I mean, I think you're right, but that's not funny coming from Joey. I agree with you. Because Joey is mean, mean to other women. Yeah. 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 Um, so whatever, we go to the credits, we're back. CJ is stressed about, or I mean, sorry, Jen is stressed about hosting this thing and CJ is or like. she's stressed about something. Right, and he thinks it's her hosting. This yeah, thing. and she's trying to untangle the phone cord and losing yeah. it. And yeah. um, thank God her bangs have grown out. But if only we can get that straightener away from her. Yeah, yeah girl, you need you you need like a cream for your hair and to just judge it. Just I know. Scrunch it yeah, a bit. seriously, yeah. just get a scrunch. Yeah, <laughs> please put come your, on. Because I won't put their hand in that hair and scrunch. Yeah. Um. So CJ's like giving her a massage and trying to seduce her. Yeah, it's so weird. And he's like, "You look tense. Like, just stay here." And he like gives her a shoulder massage. And God, she... remember when men did that to you to think like Aww. to? I mean, I think they still do, right? It's it's been a long time. I don't for know. Me, I don't no, know. I don't know. Um, and Jen's like, I'm fine, you know. And um, he's like, Hey, babe, after the the soiree, soiree, why don't we come back to my? And I'm like, You have a place? Yeah. Finally, we find out that CJ has a place. Why the f- he's like, Why don't? Why we, the hell are why you, are you fucking ever in Graham's house? <laughs> yeah, like, totally. if that's a problem for her. Yeah. And he's like, Why don't you come back to my place and we'll have some champagne and Fleetwood Mac? And I'm like, In a different man, I would be in. Champagne and Fleetwood Mac Hell is yeah. a great night. Hell yeah. Great night. I, fuck yeah. Oh yeah. But not with this fucking creep. Jabroni. <laughs> jabroni. Whoever <laughs> sent in the, the jabroni <laughs> that, name that for got CJ. A out of me. What was it? Something jabroni. <laughs> Just bless you. Bless yeah. your heart. I fucking screamed when I saw it. 
it. I laughed so hard. And conceited I, jabroni. Conceited jabroni. Whoever sent that in, you're my hero. I texted Aaron and was like, that one fucking wins. <laughs> anyway, so... Jen's Sorry, like, that was about Instagram, for those of you who don't oh, follow yeah. us. Apologies. <laughs> We're running a little thing on Instagram about um, what CJ's CJ. name is, yeah, what, what CJ, CJ stand, stand for? for. So if you want to check us Morally out Morally stand for? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are funny. stand for? Y'all yeah. are saying funny stuff, but the jabroni one really got me. Um, anyway, so she breaks up with him. Um, and She's like, now nah, I need to help Jan- Grams. And he's like, I'll do it. And she's like, now nah, I'm breaking up with you. And I was like... Thank God. Can we end right here? Slow clap. I I know. I know. That's what I said. I was like, okay, great. Cool. Glad this episode is starting off with this way. If it keeps going as it's going, I'm kind of in. I know. Yeah. Anyway, so then we have to go through a whole thing that like Joey doesn't want to talk about sex with Eddie. And instead of doing anything interesting, like talking about sometimes when you feel shame about sex, it's hard to talk about. Yeah. They just make it about Eddie and whether or not Joey is disgusted and repulsed by him. And I honestly don't care. And how like and I just also I don't care about the like Joey can't talk about sex thing. I I would care if you gave me something to care but about. But because they're not, I right. don't care about it. Exactly. And I actually think it's a regressive part of her character. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where they pull back unnecessarily and they do that with her because she's so horny at the beginning. Oh my god, she's the horniest person on screen yeah. in the first season. I know, and so and, and like some with the second season, yeah, and a little bit the third season. I know, <laughs> yeah. and so like talk like this whole like I don't talk about sex is very uncomfortable. Like, well, I understand that and I know how that feels and everything. At the same time, like I just it's incongruent. And I I get that when you're like a young person, particularly a young woman who has been socialized in a certain way to think certain things particularly just as someone who can relate to Joey because I was the same age at the same time I think there's there like there can be this way and I, I'm just saying this from my own personal experience where like actually talking to the person you are having sex with about sex and what you would like from it feels very scary compared to like pontificating wildly about sex but that's the thing. They're not talking. To, he's not right. like, what do you like? What are you interested in? Do you, he's not like, uh, there's not like toys like all over the bed. And he's like, sex? what of like, these what can is I the, use on you? You know, yeah. what is our code word? Yeah, you know, safe word. Like, yeah. safe word. Yeah, like yeah. he's not, they're not talking about the act of sex, really. Right. They're talking, I mean, they are insofar as they're talking about them not having it, but they're not talking about like sexual acts. You know? Right. They're and, not talking about like, do you like it when I do this? Yeah. Or like. It's more I need of like, you to move your head to this place. This if is you're like a communication that. thing of like, right. well, what's going on here? Are we going to have a sexual relationship, and are we like, you know, you know, reverginizing ourselves or yeah. whatever? <laughs> right. Which is fine, I guess. But like, you know, but this you, if, this broad comp- Joey's like, I don't talk about sex, and I'm like, I just that's not true. What about not- the trucker named Bubba? <laughs> not only what about him? Yeah. What? Not only is it not true. It's also, like, not realistic. Like, mm-hmm. I just... I, you just talked to Pacey about sex. I know. So, like, my thing is, like, there's so much that you could have done here, right? That, like, she's comfortable talking to Pacey about sex because she knows Pacey. Even if he, like, doesn't want to do something that she wants to do or, like, whatever. Right. Like, whatever scenario we're talking about. Like, that they are kind of cool... like he is open to hearing what she wants and what she needs. And alternatively, Pacey flat out laid out, like, well, I don't talk about sex with you if I want to be friends with you. So yeah. it's kind of like she's 
kind of acknowledging that like maybe she was just friends with Eddie. Right. I don't know. So, so the then, best part, yeah. The best. The, then the best thing happens. <laughs> Once again, Audrey it comes in to save the day. Yeah. She shoots up from the bed. We did not know that Audrey was no, in this No, she looks a mess, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Her hair is wild. <laughs> yeah, her makeup's everywhere. Yeah. And, and she's just like, will you fuck already? Stop talking and fuck already, <laughs> so I don't have to hear this. Which, like, fair point. I mean, I absolutely. God, and you know. And fair to say it. Um, and Joey, like, weasels her way out of yeah. this and leaves. And then um, Eddie just stays there. Yeah, that part, I was like, so is he living there? I know. <laughs> and Audrey's like, so, you want to make out? And he's like, no. And she's like, correct answer. That is your one shot. <laughs> you break her heart again, I'll fuck you up. And I'm like, could we get this also conversation about Joey's heart being broken? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because Audrey seems to know it was broken. Yeah, and we don't. And we have not the audience. Really, yeah. So then we have to watch this like very weird scene. I just want to say before we get into this scene, it, yeah. it feels so clear to me that the last two seasons of this show, the gay people left because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jack, I don't know what this is. So this scene, some dude hits on David. Yeah, the okay. ticket booth. He's ticket selling the stand, tickets yeah. to this Love Lines thing. And he, so this guy hits on David, and then David introduces the guy who just hit on him to Jack, who we did not know was here. Yeah. And we haven't seen and don't know where he's been. Right. And, and David's like, Jack, this guy just hit on me. It's and like, so weird. I'm like, this is my thing is I'm like, this show gave us the first gay kiss on primetime TV between mm-hmm. two men. And then gave us this. Dude. Bro hug. Side hug. Side hug. And this isn't even a side hug. This is like weirdness. This is like gay BFF shit where you're like, oh, dude, this guy hit on me. And you don't say, you don't introduce that guy to your friends. (laughs) It's so weird. It's really weird. Um, And and also, like, where the fuck has Jack been? No acknowledgement that Jack's been gone. Also, then, like. don't even get a scene with him and Jen. No. And then we get this scene. This rest of this scene is like. David saying that the guy seemed nice and like Jack says, oh yeah, he did. I'm like this guy who just hit on your boyfriend. And then like, I was like, oh, are they going to have a conversation about being in an open relationship or like how they feel about other dudes hitting on them when out in public? No. Then we just cut away from them. It doesn't make any sense. And like what they're, I don't know, like, I guess we were supposed to deduce something from that like STD test that I didn't. That they're fucking. No, No. that Jack is slutty and that David's not okay with that. Or that David's not slutty? Well, it's not Not okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, you could be, you could also be slutty and be not okay with someone else being slutty. You're fucking not being slutty. True. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just think we were supposed to do something from the act of getting tested for an STD, which like is what everyone should be doing if they're sexually active. Absolutely. So like I, that I like now retroactively, I'm like, ah, we didn't, we missed that part. Oh yeah. I still have missed it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, and then here's a storyline that I'm fucking irate that Jen has to deal with <laughs> because she has this storyline that she's hosting this thing yeah, and she's anxious about it. But Why is she hosting? Doesn't CJ run the helpline? Right. I guess because she ran a radio show and these people Can we get ha- a line? have also been on the radio. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> 
Um, and like, because she's panicking about it, so she obviously didn't want to do it. So I don't know how she got like roped into this. I will say that her anxieties to me, f- because Michelle Williams is good at her job. Uh huh. Um, that's an understatement. Yeah. Um, seem like the anxieties of someone who hasn't done this a lot, like hosted people alive. And yeah. I was like, that's actually really interesting because like, as someone who does do that a lot, like has, ha- I run a lot of panels and I like facilitate a lot of conversations. Like, mm-hmm. like I literally get paid to run a book club, um, and facilitate conversation between mm-hmm. people. Like I remember having these anxieties, <laughs> You know, particularly when you're in front of an audience, like, I I want this to be good. And I've been in so many things, because I ran events for so long. I've been in so many of these things that, like, I know what it's like when they're bad. Right. And it is really unbearable. But I was like, that would have been kind of interesting. And I just, like, whatever. I'm new to something like this. This doesn't make sense. Like, they would have had, like, a whole team behind them and then also a produced event that would have had the questions in advance. Absolutely. So, like, I don't know. Anyways... David, she's panicking to David, which makes sense, but also we barely know David. Like, it makes sense because it's her best friend's boyfriend. That right, they so know they each other. hung out. But, like, couldn't we have seen that, that hang been, out? I would have loved that. And that friendship building. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, because, like, da- like, when David popped out on the screen in the last scene, I was like, oh, right. I just know nothing about him, and now there's two people on the screen that, like, aren't our main cast and I just don't care about. Right. Sorry, David. Like, it's, like, not David. It's just the, it's the show, you know? It's not David. It's not the actor that plays David. No. Like, it's nothing. I actually think he's really phenomenal in this episode. Yeah, but We'll get too. to it later. And so Jen kind of is like, well, we need a ringer. Like, we need, someone's going to ask, we need someone who's going to ask questions. And she's like, David, can you do it? And he's like, no, I'm scared of talking in public. Right. And, like, then he sees CJ walk up and then leaves her to be. And I'm, like, you know, in this moment, you're kind of realizing, like, just how disconnected all these people are. Like, right. does David know that... CJ and her, her broke, broke up? Does Jen even know that, like, Eddie and Joey are back together? Great question. Oh, my God. But so apparently, dumb. at this moment, I'm supposed to think CJ is a good guy. Because he's here helping when he said he would. <sighs> even though Jen just broke up with him. Like, he's like... She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I said I'd help. And, like, apparently that's supposed to make me think, like, like, what a mensch. Oh, my God. He's like, I'm co-hosting the event. And he's like, can we talk? And you're like, I mean, like, I understand that you should talk about this. Yes. I get that. Why now? Not right now. Like, can't you just be like, hey, we got to get through through this? And afterwards, I I just really want to talk to you. Um, I think that's fair to say. I agree. And it also fair to expect that she would say yes, to be honest. But I agree. And Jen's like, um, I'm holding cold cuts. Yeah. And we're supposed to be like, Jen's so crazy. And you're like, I, I, she's not. She's not. And then we go to Audrey telling Jen how it's destiny that Loveline is here. Oh my God. I just, I'm just really heartbroken that we haven't seen Audrey in how many episodes? Oh, it feels like a fucking eternity. And like, this is her storyline. I agree with you. It was like really devastating to me mm-hmm. to have to be here <laughs> i feel the same <laughs> i feel the same um i took notes for this episode almost in real time usually it takes me hours to yeah, get through yeah. an episode it took me like an hour 15 yeah same i was, I was like, like all right half of this shit out. does not matter this doesn't matter and so, so audrey's free where's dr drew jen yeah and, and then at <laughs> 
And then Adam Carolla comes up and is just like a world-class creep and the top, the like poster boy for toxic masculinity. He's like, don't you want to talk to the Corolla coaster? And Jen yeah. just says the funniest shit. I, I was like, can we end the episode here? She was like, I don't meet the height requirement. <laughs> Incredible. I was like, we're done. I got two good fucking jokes yeah. in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Like really good Really ones. like... Yeah. Laugh out loud, tear yeah. popping out of my eye. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my god. <laughs> Does not make up for the garbage no. that this is, but it she, definitely helps. She bounces and Audrey's like, Well, where's Dr. Drew? And yeah. Adam's like, Drew, he's old enough to be your grandpa. I'm only old enough to be your father. Your daddy. Ugh. Your daddy. Ugh. Oh my god. See, that's the thing is like, and I I'm sure I'm wrong, but I don't remember it being this adam carolla being this gross and i think that by the time and not he was like a misogynist but not, like you know what i mean Still like is. you become like a parody of yourself as right. you go on right. and so when it like when we were in junior high listening to it it, it was like it, i'm not defending it but it was less bad it was less gross like this like dr drew was the one that gave you like the clinical you know advice this yeah. is what happens yeah, yeah, yeah and like i'm not in no way thinking and telling you that dr drew was giving good advice i'm sure it wasn't but mm -hmm. like it was clinical yeah and like adam carolla was kind of like at least it was like rooted in science right know? exactly and adam carolla was the one that was kind the of jokes like, like it you know yeah and kind of like did you know yeah and he had been on on the morning show in k-rock yeah um, Dr. And the Burcham. man show was after this, or like yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And that's when he kind of like coalesced this real dark character of yeah. like super misogynist. Because like, don't worry, he still is one. I I researched it a little bit. Yeah, but I just mean like, it wasn't like it became more. Yeah, it became so, worse. Yeah, you know. So to see this, it was just like, oh, he's like so gross, so in cringy. This. Yeah. Um, and and then like. So then we cut, and then we go to Jack sitting in the audience. Well, I just do. He oh. does say, like, oh, so Drew, he usually comes in and comes out, and I, I have to share a hotel room with him. And Audrey's like, you've seen him naked? Oh, yeah. Again, part of this, like, I, I guess it was to be, like, Audrey's a slut thing? I don't know. <sighs> it's gross. Okay. So, so in the audience, like Jack is like sitting, holding a seat for David, and then the guy who hit on David Fred. comes and like Jack and lets him like, sit in is David's that seat, seat taken, and Jack like kind of looks around and he's like, "Uh, yeah, sure," and just like, what? No. Like, how is this not gonna blow up in Jack's face? Then David's gonna come find him and be like, "Where's my seat that you're saving for me?" Right, because that's obviously what happened. That's what exactly ha what happens. Yeah. And like, my thing is like, so they're creating a problem between these couples so that they can be on Love Line, right? Like, that's what's happening right now. Every single couple, CJ and Jen, Eddie and Joey. David and Jack, yeah. they're creating problems between them so they can like make sense be involved in the love line. Yeah, and like I get it. We haven't seen David and Jack be romantic together. We didn't get a date with them. We didn't get. A, we haven't had a kiss with them really. Yeah. So, you know, like maybe they've been having this dynamic off screen, but now that we're like thrust into this and we didn't see what happened off screen, I'm like. Like you're just creating problems and it's so clear and, that that's what you're doing. And moreover, Jack is a fucking asshole. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, Jack can have his problems, but not like this. No, totally. And this is my thing, right? Is it's like, so I have three couples, two of which have legitimate problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet you're creating a different problem for this episode when... You know, I'm looking at it. I am not a professional writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking at it going like, I don't know. You could have built to this. If you knew if you knew this episode was coming, you could have, like, built some of these in so that yeah. when this episode like happens. They, like, the Jen and CJ one is the most built in. I agree. I agree. And I think, like, there's parts of the Eddie and Joey one where I'm like, God, you're so close to, like having a really interesting storyline and interesting problem that I think is really, could be really real between these two characters. But like, you kind of miss the boat on it. I just can't care about Eddie, Eddie. you know? No, totally. Like they haven't, but I feel similarly about CJ. I can't care about him either. Like, I don't think Jen should be with him. Yeah. I agree with you on that, but I guess I'm just more of like, it makes sense. She broke up with him because she's freaking out about Graham's. Right. No, totally. So anyway, I mean, whatever i'm i'm not sure why it was written by like this i do think you could have built into this so that like there's an actual gravitas is like unacceptable unacceptable but you could have built into it so there's actual gravitas when these people are fighting yeah like like dealing with love line i just all i can think is jack is a fucking asshole and david is right this whole time yeah so So, yeah david or jack gives up his seat we move on to um, cj and jen no, Eddie and Joey, they walk into the theater oh, and they're like still kind of fighting. Then Fred and and like the random dude and Jack are bantering and David comes up and he's like rightfully pissed. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, where's my seat? And then Chen takes the stage and asks for a question and the audience is dead silent. <laughs> it's silent for so it's long. So long. It doesn't make so all these people paid to be there. But don't have questions. Like, who produced this show? Like, what is happening? Totally. And so then Audrey's, like, trying to raise her hand, and Jen's like, nah. Because she knows he's, she's going to hit on Dr. Drew. Yeah, and it's fine. But, like, then Adam cracks a joke about STDs. Uh, you've written down so much more than I have. And then... I'm, I still haven't had a note. CJ is like... <laughs> there, here we are. I have a note. question. Yeah. And Jen's like, nope. <laughs> and Dr. Drew's like, no, nah, it's okay. And CJ's like... Well, I was dating this girl and she dumped me out of the blue. For months. Yeah. For months. <laughs> Is that true? Right? That's, that's what I got caught on. Somehow CJ tries to make it seem like it's totally cool that he slept with Audrey and was shitty to Jen and Audrey before they got together. And like, you know, he's like, whatever, that was fine. I slept with her friend before we got together. Yeah, because Dr. Drew's like, are there warning signs? And CJ's like, well, I fucked her friend. Uh... And, like, he tries to play it off like it wasn't insanely shitty. And Jen does not correct, which I'm like, girl. I mean, like, I think he's valid to say it was before we were dating. And, you know, she said she was fine with it because that all that stuff sure. is true. But At I knew she liked hand, me. And yeah, like, you know, the other point of this is, well, I've been a fucking asshole to her for, like, more time that I've known her than... You know, not being an asshole to her. And I also fucked her friend under really suspicious circumstances. Seriously, yeah. So anyway, of course, it seems like the show thinks that Graham's cancer is the reason that Jen is breaking up with him. Yeah. And like, that's probably true. Well, so Dr. Drew's like, well, can't you just ask her what's going on? And then Adam Kroll is like, well, you should run from this head case. (laughs) 
And then Jen, their fucking queen, is like, well, you're underqualified to give advice. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. But, like, the whole show is, like... It's kind of like pointing you like Grams. It's Grams. Is yeah, the reason. and, and I'm I like, just yeah, think that, that that's like, valid. Totally, totally. Like, like CJ's been a dick to her, and he's drama for her, and like, so it makes sense that she's just like, let me cut the fat. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then we come to this disaster. So oh Eddie God. and Joey are bickering still. I'm not. Eddie is picking a fight with Joey. <laughs> Fair. Fair. That's a. <laughs> That's true. Yep, you're right. And he's like, kind of like, why? They're in a dead silent auditorium. I cannot like. And he's still like, why won't you get with me? And it's like, he what is again? What does get with me mean? Like, okay, like what? And like, and she's like, shut up. Like she's, yeah. you know, shout whispering to him, shut up. And he's like, sex. Like it's like, yeah. Fucking- he's like, why is it so hard for you to talk about sex? sex. <laughs> that like gets belted out in this silent auditorium it's like the penis game legit it's legit it's so dumb so dumb why won't you talk about sex with me in this dead silent auditorium (laughs) fuck off like honestly this is so dumb i'm sorry this is so fucking stupid i agree and like dr drew and adam get involved at this point of course and joey's humiliated yeah and I, I will say Busy Phillips looking like a million bucks. I know. She seriously. looks so great in this episode. She really does. Like, she's prettier than normal, which is saying something. I know, yeah. And Adam's like, I want to hear about those assholes. Give them the mic. And jo- Joey's like, no, we're fine. We're absolutely fine. Right. So I think one of the many problems of this episode is that it's kind of a bottle episode. We never go away from this fucking auditorium. But then we don't get these different interactions. Right. Like, Jack and Jen never interact. Yeah. You know, Joey and Jen don't really interact. So, Joey like, and Audrey don't have a conversation. No. Yeah. So, like, it's like, I agree, obviously, it's a bottle episode, but the thing that makes a bottle episode right. good is pairing two wild people together. Yeah, Does it's a poorly jo- done bottle has episode. Has Joey even met David? Like, maybe I know once. she has, but, yeah. like, Maybe you know she gave I mean? him fries once at the like, bar. Like, they yeah. went to the No Doubt concert together. Ish, yeah. Yeah, kind of in the same group, I guess. Or, or no, they didn't, because no. she, yeah. Because she forgot the tickets, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Eddie, like, tries to make this argument about how he's not garbage for leaving Joey. Like, and Dr. Drew and Adam are like, well, you're a dick. You left her. And yeah. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Dr. Drew's like, is abandonment a big issue for you? Which was like a thing that he used to say all the time. Yeah. And everyone who knows her stops and nods. The fact that Jen started nodding, I was like. I know. Like, this is amazing. And it kind of like, for having to sit through Downtown Crossing, it yeah. made me sad that Joey just couldn't say yes. Yeah. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree, yeah. For the storytelling that we have to sit through that's so hot and cold about Joey's dad, like, so she has she come to any conclusions about how she subconsciously feels about her dad and how that's, like, affected her interpersonal relationships? That's a great question. You know? I have the same question. I And my note was, like, I would kill for us to be discussing this. Yeah. And I've... We've since, talked particularly about, since Eddie left. We've talked about that so much. About, right. like, 
we have to sit through downtown crossing which like i guess is about joey's dad but then we never talk about joey's dad then she goes and sees him we don't really know if she really saw him at the five and dime we don't know what happened then he randomly shows up at fucking christmas <laughs> and we don't get any like no one's like yeah. hey man that's weird Not how do you line. feel about that yeah, yeah. No, like only Audrey's like, whoa, your dad's there? Like, that's weird. And she's like, can I ask him about prison? And like, you know, fine, Audrey's quote crazy. But like, that's it? Yeah. We're just like, and like, this is what I've been trying to say is that we're just supposed to let our mind run wild about what that would be like and to give in to our deepest, darkest, stereotypical societal feelings. Yeah. And that's fucked up. I agree. And that's like disingenuous and counter to the point of storytelling yeah i mean you know i know i've said it a million times but if you're gonna tell us the story tell us the exactly. story. exactly because my thing is like i would have killed for us to be discussing eddie like and like eddie how joey feels about the fact that he left because yeah. like if we break it down right joey's mom died mm-hmm. her dad went to prison twice she clings to her best from from childhood in a way that is so unhealthy mm-hmm. and that i think very clearly is like she has abandonment issues although right now they're not even talking which like how does she feel about that abandonment that abandonment even though like i think probably she's a part of that right oh yeah yeah yeah. no she she does it with both pacey and dawson where she like pushes them away to test if they're gonna abandon her you know to like create a situation that like she feels safe in, but it's still painful and traumatic to her, you know? And, like, so my thing is, like, okay, are we going to talk about Joey's abandonment? Let's no. talk about it for and more than two minutes in this one episode. To, she's not even going to acknowledge it. Right, because, like, my thing is, like, does the fact that she's feeling squirrely about Eddie have anything to do with that she just broke things off with Pacey? And at a certain they point... They don't even talk about that part. I know, and at a certain point, Pacey did leave her, right? Yeah. Like, he gets on the boat alone... No never called her, never talked to her, shows up in Boston, doesn't reach out to her. Right. Like there, I think the Paisy and Joey of it, that's a little bit more complicated, but like she does have a lot of feelings feelings about it. Absolutely. And she does have a lot of people that have left her. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my thing is like, first of all, that makes me sad that we can't acknowledge that Jen is not one of those people, nor has ever been one of those people. And what? That left her. Uh-huh. Jen has been there the whole time. Right. Since she walked into Cape Side. Yeah, yeah. And so has Jack. Yeah. Been there for her the whole time. And, like, it makes me sad that we can't acknowledge that and that we're not, she's not closer to them. Yeah, seriously. But also, my thing is, like, I really, I would love this. I would love this. I would love I, for this to be the story. We're begging for a story about how Joey feels about her dad. Yeah. Like, honestly, we've been begging for it for, I mean, since the dawn of the show. But, like... At least since we sat there downtown crossing. Totally. And now here we are where it's like, you have any um, daddy issues? And the aud- and everyone's just nodding their head like, yeah, she does. And you're like, but that's the thing. We're creating a monolith of like daddy issues. Right. What? And this show did that. Love Lines, I mean. Love Line did that. But the, they didn't, though. They did create the idea that daddy issues are a thing. But then Dr. Drew would always dive deeper into that's, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it was... That's kind of, like, a joke about Love Line is that always the question... The first question yeah, was, like, yeah. Do you, what's your relationship with like? No, I that? agree. And that's what they're yeah. doing. But, like, as a person who listened to the show at sure, the sure, beginning, sure. it would be like, well, what happened? Oh, okay, I can see. And so maybe this, you know... And yes, all the, absolutely. These through lines, not just be like... 
not that wasn't a like oh daddy issues moving on no 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 totally totally and then she, he asks if she's on medication which he kind asked of, her that first yeah it makes me want to hit him and then well but as a doctor you have no, to. no i know i know but like they but make so, a joke of that also in this show in yeah, this episode in this episode where he asks over and over and you're i don't know what they're trying to like what is the joke yeah like everyone's crazy and medicated. Yeah, fucking it's just like to- as a doctor, you have to ask that. Yeah. Um, I do like that during this, Jen is sitting next to Joey and has like a hand on her leg, giving mm-hmm. her comfort. Like I do actually really like that. And I was just like, I we miss so much with these two not being friends. I totally agree. It's so fucked up. And Joey's so- like, Jen. Ask if anyone else in the audience has yeah, something. Yeah, she's getting squirrely. And so, yeah, she's like, is there another question? And then David stands up and he's like, what do you do when your boyfriend flirts in front of you? And like, you know, as a 19-year-old, I feel for him. Yeah. You know, as someone who's almost 40, I'm like... Mm. People flirt with your boyfriend sometimes. And they might flirt back, but that doesn't, like, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. No. It's no. like what you just what do you do? You create boundaries within your relationship about like what you're comfortable you with. You talk about how you feel about it. I know. Yeah. It's so weird. And like I just like I think Jack being an asshole about giving the seat up, like that didn't make any sense. Right. You know what I mean? Like because right after that, Joey and Eddie walk in and find two seats together right. very easily. So it didn't really make sense and Jack's just being a piece of shit. Like that should be more of the question of like, what if your boyfriend's a careless piece of shit? Yeah, yeah. Totally. What if your boyfriend only gives you side hugs and won't get with you? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, and even Dr. Drew points it out. He's like, well, you have, if you had a conversation about monogamy, yeah. you know? And, like, Jack's just kind of like, uh, or I'm sorry, um, David. It's like, I cannot remember his name. No, it's he's fine. barely on the show. Um, you know, David's like, doesn't say anything. And, and Dr. Drew's like, well, maybe he's trying to send a message. He's too scared to you tell you and jen then jumps in uh-huh. and is like maybe this person is too nice it's just like a nice guy that's like nice to everyone and it might seem like flirting but it's not and like uh, i mean i don't know and then adam adam is like you're high you should dump him and i'm not just saying that because he's a gay Ooh, and I just actually think David, that whoever is the actor, he does it perfectly because he's stunned and like traumatized and standing there like alone as a slur and people are laughing happens against him. It's like this real intense moment of trauma yeah. and the way he acts it is like phenomenal to be real. Like you can see his discomfort. That's why you should cast gay people as gay people. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> And have gay people in the writer's room. Particularly in the writer's room. But, like, that actor, I think, is queer. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure is queer. And so, like, he probably could play that in a way that I think a lot of straight people, particularly at the time, couldn't. Yeah, definitely. It's diff- It's a little different now. But, um, yeah, so then Audrey does this thing. Where they're like, let's go to Mandy. And somehow there's, like, a person who's going to talk behind a screen. That was a thing, though. They did that. On the show? On the show. Okay. On the TV show. There was, like, a box that you went in so you didn't have to show your face. Oh, okay. So you, you could know. ask a question in private. Oh, that makes sense. And so we see, like, what we assume is Audrey pulled a girl by the hair. It's very violent. (laughs) And, like, comes out there and is like, hi, I'm Audrey, and I've got a question. And then she gets into this really deep, insightful feeling about rehab. Yeah. 
why is she not just having a conversation with Jen like this? Right. Yeah. I was, I, she says something like about her friends and I was like, oh, is she going to talk about how none of her friends checked in on her at rehab? It seems like, except for Dawson. Well, Joey knew she was coming home, so they obviously had been talking. At least And, like, once. at least Joey, she knew Joey's heart was broken by Eddie. Yeah. But, like, I, it's one of those things where I'm just, like, it doesn't, we haven't seen I any guess of I it. feel like we are to assume her friends checked in on her, but we didn't see it. Right. And we also didn't see her. So we're also in this place where we're, like, huh? So what was happening? Yeah. Um, but then she just, instead of, like, getting into anything too deep, she just tries to fuck Dr. Drew. Slutty Audrey. Um, so then at, at a certain point, people figure out that Jen is who CJ is talking about. That, yeah. like, she dumped CJ. Well, so they were, like, CJ's like, can we get back to my question? And they're, like, Dr. Drew and Adam were like, yeah, okay. Why don't, why don't Jen you take over? Because you run the helpline. And Jen's like, well, maybe the girl's confused and she has a lot on her plate. And Adam's like, <coughs> you can't just have a list of two things. There has to be more than that. And she was like, well, maybe I don't want a boyfriend at this time. And then Adam's like, oh, you're, I, you're the head case. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. God. And Dr. Drew's like, well, okay, let's talk about the breakup. And then Jen, like, I can't believe they make her do this. I mean, yeah. I can because it's Dawson's Creek, but I can't because, like, I, I don't understand what's happening. She's like, CJ's perfect. If I were to create the perfect boyfriend, it would be him. What? I was like, no. Like, I just, what she do they gives even this, have in common? She gives this whole speech about What do they even do together? He's everything she wants. And, like... How is that possible? I don't know. Because my thing is, like, you know... She doesn't, she says, she, it comes out kind of where she says that she doesn't have a good reason to break up with him. Like, she can't really give them a reason. And my thing is, like, she does. The show just doesn't think it's a good reason. I think that she doesn't want to say it in public and she's not ready to admit it. Well, I was going to say, say she later. does have a good reason oh, that he fucked asshole. Audrey. Oh, okay, <laughs> that he yeah, sexually yeah. assaulted Audrey. Yeah, 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 totally. <sighs> the show just doesn't think that's a good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Jen tries to get this spotlight off of her. And she's like, Joey's more screwed up than I am. So, like, can we go back to her? Which, like, did kind of make me laugh the way Jen said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And how much hate Jen Joey throws on her. Yeah, so, it's like, like yeah. okay. Um, uh, so, then Dr. Drew asks if either of them were abused as kids and they both say no. And I was like, that is a fucking bald-faced lie. Yeah. Both of you were. And then Eddie it divulges a secret about Joey. Yeah. And he's like, well, her dad spent time in the big house. He just tells everyone that her dad was in prison. And I was like, how am I supposed to be rooting for him? That's so fucked up. It's fucked. And then this, and then if this wasn't bad enough, this all goes to hell because Jen is like, I gotta go. Like, I cannot get out of this. here. And then Joey sees her and is like, rips her mic off and runs out, like, yeah. with her. Like, I'm fucking out of here, <laughs> yeah, too. Totally. And they, like, find Audrey backstage, who's, like, still, yeah. I guess, sledding it up. I don't know. That's her storyline. And they're like, you're the host. And Audrey's like, what? And okay. <laughs> she's like, a job's a job. Or, like, you know, a gig's a gig. And we're like, like, whatever. It's so dark that we haven't seen Audrey in this long, and this is what they're doing to her. Agreed. I mean, same with Jack, to be honest. Right. And then for some reason, I, a person who was the same age as these characters, 
and thus listen to Loveline every night, mm-hmm. as I have said, is subjected to a way too long montage of advice and people talking to Loveline. It doesn't make... It's so terrible. It's such a waste of time. We get this instead of a conversation between Jen and Joey. Or Joey and Audrey. Like a, a, well, a deep conversation know, between like, Joey and Audrey. Just or, like any of our two characters we know. I mean, like, Audrey's on stage, like, honestly killing it. She's great. <laughs> she's amazing. But... And we just get over and over. Are you on any medication? Are you on any medication? I just, What like, about your dad? Yeah. don't know what connection we're supposed to make about the medication standpoint. Because, again, he... He literally is a doctor. That's yeah. not just like a doctor. No, no, Phil no. It's situation. not Doctor Phil. Yeah. It's like he really is a doctor, and if you're gonna give your best advice, you need to know if people what, are on medication. Yeah. So. So at this point, we find out Eddie is 25. Which yeah, Eddie is mind. still harping on Joey. So yeah. we don't get any resolution to his absolute fuckery. Because he's still on stage, right? No, no, they're no. behind stage oh. and they're looking for Audrey and he's just like still harping on her. Like, why the fuck are we looking for her? Why won't you get with me? Whatever. I yeah. don't know. He's stupid. And um, and like Joey's like, we drove Audrey here. We have to drive her home. And then they see Adam crawl there. Because it's apparently like, over, this show. I guess. And he's like, dude... Eddie, my boy, you're lucky that this girl lets you get naked with her. How how fucking old are you? And Eddie's like 25, and we're all like... Ugh. My jaw dropped. I was like, oh, shit. Like, we knew he was older. And, like, 20, 25 checks out, and, like, it's, uh, it's... Does it? For Eddie, I think it makes sense he's 25. Yeah. But... I was thinking more as... I remember... I remember when I was 26 mm-hmm. because when I was 19 I sort of like vaguely saw a person that was 26 yeah yeah you know and for like not that long and I remember hitting 26 and thinking about that and yeah. being like you couldn't pay me to talk to a 19 year old yeah yeah but I mean Eddie is the maturity level of like a 15 year old boy I guess so I just, I just remember hitting certain ages and being like, oh my God, remember when so-and-so was dating this person that was this age? Like, Remember when we had to sit through Miss Jacobs and she was literally our age? Yes. But like, this is supposed to be like that, not to defend the Miss Jacobs storyline. I don't, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. But like, at least the show knew that was taboo. At le- I mean, it, it should have felt it was a lot more wrong than it was, but like, it knew that it was wrong. Yeah. This, it's like, oh, it's totally fine. Not like, if you're 25 and hanging out with a 19-year-old, like, you cannot go to a bar together. No. <laughs> I, I feel like when you're 19, you don't realize how fucking weird it is. Yeah, yeah. That, like, you couldn't be brought to a bar. But Joey's perfect. Sorry. She can sing and draw. Oh, okay. I, I'm so sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. I forgot about the singing and the drawing. I mean... I've, I've blocked the singing yeah. from my memory. <laughs> I think that 25 is too old. And if we had a friend at the time that was dating someone that was 25, we'd be like, that's a little old. But it wouldn't be like hard no. And like, it, it would be a like, oh, it's a little old. I think if I was 25. And like, I guess it makes a little bit more sense why he's such an asshole to all of her friends because mm. he's like, I don't want to hang out with these 19 year olds, you know? Right. And it does make sense that he's that fucking crotchety chip on the shoulder 25-year-old. It's like, my life's ruined, and you're like, you're 25. You just were able to rent a car a few months ago. (laughs) 
Totally. Oh, my God. Totally. And so Adam, I don't know, he gives some story about what he was doing when he was 25. And he's like, you fucking left. You need to rebuild this trust with him, you know, with her. Yeah. And um, Adam says to Joey, if she'd be with him, if she thought she could trust him. And I'm just like, back up. So she leaves Pacey because Eddie comes back. But she can't trust Eddie to be with him. Yeah. This is the storytelling we're getting. Yeah. That, like, this epic love story, this unfinished business with someone that she will always love. And she said that to him. Yeah. She, she's like, nah, basta. I'm going to go over here, this unsafe place. And, like, again, I love that if they're going to tell that story of, like, Joey is well, flawed. Joey has issues. She feels safe in a chaotic situation. Totally. I would love that because that would feel real. But we're supposed to be like, no, she's in love with Eddie and fuck Pacey. And my thing is like... is okay with that. There's like so many routes that story could have gone and been okay, right? Like Mm -hmm. where they break up, her and Pacey, or or stop doing whatever it is they're doing. I don't know if we can even call it a breakup. But like where they stop and because she goes back to Eddie, like there's a lot of ways to tell that story. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, we talked about it a little bit in, was it the last episode? I, I can't honestly so, can't yeah. even remember like where, you know, if it was like, she wasn't she, ready for, something I know serious. how serious this is going to be. And I'm not ready for that. And then she like, Eddie was there and like, maybe this is what I want. Cause that's mm-hmm. not as serious. Like, or even if it was something as childish and what you would do when you're 19 of like, well, if I'm not sure and Eddie came back and I'm considering it, maybe I, need, I deserve a shot with Eddie, right. even though you're like more of like, that's chaos, you know, but that is how you <laughs> feel. Like age 19 or 20 are chaos. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> like that would make sense, yeah. you know, yeah. um, even if she wasn't really, she didn't have the perspective to scope it out and be like, I'm just not ready for something serious. And Pacey would be something serious because she thinks Eddie is something serious. And this guy's a fucking yokel. Right. Agreed. We need to use yokel more. Um, so you know, so she he Adam asked her this, like if she could trust him, if she would she would want to be with him, and she's reluctant to say yes, and she finally does like nod her head or whatever. Yeah, and so um, she says to him. I've been living, we've been living in a fantasy since you got back and it's going to end sooner or later when you leave. Yes, she does say that. And you're like, uh, that's when I was like, again, did I miss an episode? Right. Like, cause like, and there's this way in which there's like, I mean, put a pin in the fantasy thing. I can't, I just simply cannot. Well, I mean, is the fantasy that they live together in her dorm room <laughs> and don't fuck? Like, I, what? I don't, is I don't that not your fantasy? <laughs> that ever been your fantasy Aaron sharing a twin bed and sharing not a fucking twin bed and, and having fucking. someone else sleeping by on the twin bed next to yours yeah not a fantasy of yours never never I mean I've <laughs> even done, when I was fucking I've in a done twin that bed. before but like <laughs> never was a fantasy <laughs> yeah exactly fantasizing and I definitely about couldn't a fucking wait queen for it to bed. end yeah. I was like this is gonna end sooner or later and I cannot wait yes exactly Ooh. at some point I will get this fucking twin bed back to myself thank you so much <laughs> get a queen like you said yeah Yeah, yeah. jesus so you know i mean there's there's a part of me that's like we're again in joey's abandonment issues and like i'm here for that but like that's not what the story we're yeah because she's like it's gonna end and he's like 
you gotta trust me, babe. And you're like, why? <laughs> and why? I, I'm sorry, what? Why? That's so stupid. And the reason why seems to be because I love you more than anything in this world. Yeah. And I was like, get the fuck out of my Dude. face. Dude. That was such an eye roll. When he said that, I was like, I'm going to fucking flip the fucking coffee table. I know. In my apartment that is covered in books and hard to flip. Oh, my God. I just. And even at the time, I remember being like, who fucking cares? Like, when you're 19, you know, like, what? I, I just don't think that that's real when someone's, I don't know. I'm just different. I'm fucking <laughs> different. I know that. But you're I different. I just know when someone's like, I, but I love you. And I'm like, so does my, so does a lot of people. So I don't know what you're trying to get at. You think you can treat me like shit because you love me? That doesn't... That, I don't feel loved by you. I want people to know that that is 100% what an accurate representation of Aaron Hensley, even <laughs> yeah. at 19. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Because Ben said that to I me. And I was like... I remember. <laughs> Thank you. But I, you can't treat me like shit because you love me. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. Yes. And this is like the rhetoric and like it's people, terrible. Guys still do this shit. Oh, totally. Totally. If a guy does this to you, I'm not telling you how to live your life, but seriously I mean, consider I just, walking away from that. I don't think you have to walk away, but you have to say and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to need a, a more reasons to trust you than yeah. quote unquote love. You, you love me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then I have to listen to this absolutely bonkers fight between Jack and David. Well, first of all, she's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I missed the most important part. You're right. Yeah. Well, do it. So, yeah. Then she's like... She's like, should we leave Audrey here? Yeah, because she, she... You know, he's like, you gotta take this leap of faith. I love you more than anything in the world. And then they kiss, and it's really fucking stupid and dark and, like, another dumbass kiss. And she's like do you want to go back to my room? And he's like, but uh, we're looking for Audrey. And she's like, yeah, but if we leave now and leave her here, we'll, we'll have the room to myself. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's sad so because like, she doesn't even talk about sex. She doesn't even say, let's have sex. Yeah. So even in all of their problems, that the resolve, They're not the resolution isn't Joey talking about sex or them talking about sex. It's, I love you. Let me be abusive to you. Yeah. And like, Let's go fuck. You know, in terms of this love line rhetoric, that is Joey's vibe. Totally. Like, she she is the vibe of someone loves me, that means they treat me like shit, you yeah. know? Which is why it's uncomfortable for her to be with Pacey, because she's like, someone loves me and he treats me good, and that doesn't feel like love. And, you know, I know I've brought up bell hooks a few times. I want to say bell hooks definition of love is the diametric opposite of abuse love and abuse if someone abuses you at all that they cannot by definition love you yeah so that fucked me up the first time i read it because then you're like okay so what does that mean about your relationship with people that you're very close to yeah you know who maybe have participated yeah. in some abuse and you're like so that person doesn't love me and i think I wish Joey would or read All About Love, love by Bell all Hooks. That time, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just think that, like... I wish Joey would read All About Love by Bell Hooks and have the same crisis of faith that I had um, because it's actually very helpful once you go through the other side of it. Yeah, it's just, like, love is a complicated thing and it's just a petty word that has no meaning. Sure. You know? So, like, 
it, it, you know, love is good and love is, you know, blind, love is patient, whatever, whatever the Bible says. But <laughs> love is patient, love is kind. Yeah, but like, you know, First it also, yeah, exactly. But it, it also um, can be manipulated. Sure. It can be a weapon. It can be a tool. And there's so much more to a relationship than being in love. Yes. Or whatever, you know? Yes. So, so they leave to go fucking ditch Audrey, yeah. which I hate. Um, and then we have to listen to this bonkers fucking fight between Jack and David. I where mean, Jack that, completely dismisses any reason that David, David would be mad. David is right the whole time. I agree. David is rightfully still pissed and wants to talk about what happened, you know? And Jack is a fucking asshole. And David's like, so I'm crazy and you're not going to apologize? Is that, That's what... Is where happening right you're, now? Where you're going. Yeah. And Jack is like, well, if you don't want to be with me, break up with me. And David's, and David's like, like, how did we get here? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So my anger has led you to this bullshit, which like is one of those things that men will do a lot where they're like, I'm not going to break up with you. You have to break up with me. You know, totally. um, just gay men, not immune to that. Petty. Yeah. Petty. Petty. Yeah. Um, and, and David's basically like, look, let's talk when we've mellowed. He and essentially like, gives an ultimatum. It's like, Either you apologize or we break up. Yeah. And then he says, and I'll s- let's talk when we've mellowed. Call me whenever you're ready for one of those two things. Yeah. Fair enough. Totally. Jack I'm, is fucking wrong. I don't know what Jack's doing. And I don't know who this is, really. I, like, this I, isn't Jack. It doesn't seem like Jack. It feels well, like. Well, because we didn't see slutty Jack. We don't really know what relationship Jack is like. Right. So, like, I don't think this is the the friend Jack that we know. And and I don't, but I, I think that this could be the like slutty relationship Jack because he doesn't know. Well, the how, not slutty relationship Jack. Well, he, he doesn't know how to have a relationship right. because like, so I just think. He's been slutty. Yeah. And I. Listen, this is what I mean when I say it is very clear that there are no gay people in this writer's room. I mean, I just think that actually like I could see how this is authentic. That's what I'm saying, though, is that we've gotten none of this because, like, this is a really authentic thing. And I think that, like, you know, I think I I do like that we see even the, like, little bit that we see of Jack being slutty because I do think that, like, when you first come out and you first start having, like, gay sex, you, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people go through slutty periods. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, hello. I've, like... Or you just- don't know how to have a relationship when you're young. That so, too, but I also listen. I have a lot of lot of firsthand experience with this, and people go through slutty periods when, particularly yeah. when they first come out. So my thing is like, I would love. That's a fine. I'm totally cool with that. And also, gay people have the same relationships problem that relationship problems that straight people do. And also, I think queer people in general are having different conversations about relationships than straight people are. Right. Because like, there's a different, there's a different negotiation that has to happen because there's no clearly defined gender roles. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm actually saying it as a good thing, Mm -hmm. but like the negotiations of relationships are different. Yeah. And so like, my thing is like, because we've seen none of that. I mean, we know nothing about this relationship. Right. Exactly. Because we've seen none of that, this feels really fucking weird. It feels like we're watching Jack a character as a character we don't really know because we haven't seen any of this. Mm-hmm. And then like, we're kind of like, okay, but then you were just a dick and I don't really know why. And that doesn't seem like you. And like... What am I watching? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how anyone could be on Jack's side. I agree. 
Like, just even in this mild, like, wait, you're saving a seat for your boyfriend and then you give it up and then your boyfriend is mad at you that you gave the seat up and you're stunned that he's mad at you. Like, I just don't know anyone. I don't anyone. think you're that obtuse. Yeah, I just don't know anyone who would be like, ah, oh, but I see where Jack's coming from. Right. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? I could see him being obtuse insofar as he's like, oh, shit, man, I thought you found another seat. I didn't, I thought, I didn't know you were going to come. So, like, I'm so sorry. And, like, again, it's, like, kind of like the Dawson situation. Or, like, he was just sitting here and we were talking and he's going to get up and leave. that's not really what happened. I know, He offered him the seat. So we wouldn't want to see him lie. But it's just, like, the (laughs) Dawson situation of, like, how could you be mad they had a girlfriend? It's, like, well, what? Yeah, totally. What? Like, no one's on your side about this, Dawson. (laughs) I'm on your side that you could have had a girlfriend and you were fucking her. But, like, to be stunned that she's mad about it is... When you did not tell her this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why she's mad. Right. But so to be stunned she's mad you had a girlfriend is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, then I have to watch the fucking... Is this the weirdest scene? Oh, my God. It's so weird. At least they... Like, I just feel like Jen, at least you understand her the whole time. Yes. And I understand why she broke. I don't understand the, like, you're perfect part, but, like, it's Dawson's Creek and they're not going to give Jen, like, a decent relationship. And the one that, <laughs> like, was halfway decent, they just ended it for no reason. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, that that aside, it kind of, like, makes sense. And also they're, like, immature in the sense where they're, like, let's have a, f- let's role play. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, like, we have this whole weird sound with, so, scene yeah, with so Jen and CJ. Jen is waiting for CJ to kind of resolve the issue. Yeah, And this perfect guy is like, you, fuck you, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. And he, like, storms faster, and she's like, no, but, like, I really want to talk. And he's like, fuck off, or yeah. whatever. He fucking sucks. Like, what? I thought you wanted to talk, but you only want to do it on your terms, huh, my bro? Jabroni. Jabroni? Um... Great. Uh, and she's like, well, let's like role play where like I call the helpline and you tell me what you would tell someone who called the helpline with this problem. And so they have this like pretend helpline conversation. And at the end of it, she ends up telling him about Graham's Being having sick. cancer. Yeah. And, and she just was freaked is, like, out. too hard to care because I wish she was talking to Jack about this. Or I wish there was like a different guy that was actually worthy of Jen Lindley. Or just like... I- I don't care about these other characters because they don't make me care. Right. I care about our friends. Right. Like Jack, who they did make me care when he first came onto this show. I know. Imagine. And Audrey, too. Yeah. I care about her. She's new to the show. And, like, yeah. if she was talking to Audrey about this, like, you know. I'd be like, great. I would love it. Where it's like, wait, what? You broke up with CJ? What happened? And then Jen just breaks down crying like Jen yeah. has cancer. Or Grams has cancer. And then we could, like, I don't know. It's just fucking sad. And then they, like, kiss. And I just don't care. Right. So Audrey... I mean, this is so disgusting. So dumb. She's like bumps into Adam and asks where Drew is. And Adam's like, oh, he went to the airport. And Adam's like, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, well, I'd like to hang around and see if I get some college tale. Ugh, you fucking sicko. I cannot believe this is on this show. I mean, I can, but I I can't. Honestly, I can't believe Adam Carolla agreed to this. Yeah. Well, he seems like a real douche nozzle. It's so fucking gross. I agree. And Audrey goes, she's like, fuck, you're gross. She goes onto the stage and she's yelling for Joey or Jen or Jack. She's like, anyone? But everyone has ditched her, which and, sucks. Which is so sad. She just she came just back from, from rehab. rehab. 
Like, what kind of friends are these? I mean, I was like, that is fucking unforgivable. That is terrible. Joey, like, ditched her there. To go fuck. To go fuck this guy that was like, look, babe, you just got to trust me because I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking shit. So then Dr. Drew comes out. And she has, like, this whole conversation with him about rehab. And then, like, she, like, gets real vulnerable where she's like, I listen to Loveline every night. And it, like, made me feel less alone. So thank you. Yeah. Which is, like, a sweet sentiment. But also, like. Really. I mean, it's like what we were saying on the top of the episode. At least we got a little bit. Like, where it's, like, I think that, like, you know, so many people of our generation, especially, what do you call them, geriatric millennials, (laughs) we have, like, a real connection to, you know, Loveline. And now in, you know, where we are now, we're like, whew, that was dark. But for that time in our life, it was, like, cool. We got to learn about, like, different types of sex, different ways to have sex, different types of monogamy, different types of relationships, different types of sexuality, different, just, like, exposed us to real, it was, like, the real world, real life experience experiences from real life people and I think also what it did was like really like made talking about sex normalized Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. was like it doesn't it's not like gross or funny like sometimes gross things happen during sex but like we're not gonna make fun of you kind of thing like this show that show that was what was nice at least when I was listening to it like it was never like we're making fun of you right it was like these are funny things that happen or like, you know, Mm -hmm. these kinds of things. And then also like, it made you feel like, oh, this is normal. Yeah. And I feel like that, like particularly early on in your sort of sexual awakening Mm -hmm. that like, you know, I think about how much like we used to talk about sex when we were younger and we like rarely talk about it now. And it's like, yeah, because when we were younger, it was like pretty new and we were, we were kind of like, we have is so this, many questions. Is this, still is in this happening to you? Phase, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Where now it's like, if something wild happens, like we'll hear about it, but not. Yeah. Now you're more like talking about like pregnancy and menopause <laughs> yes. or yeah, whatever, exactly. you know, totally. things happening to your body. Totally. So so but it like, just like was so heartbreaking. She the two times she talks about her experience with rehab, it's like not with her friend. It's like w- to Doctor Drew and Adam Carolla, and like I don't know. That kind of really broke my heart for the character of Audrey. You know. Yeah. And she just is like, thank you for being you. You know, like, and and I I think that there's like that sweet sentiment of like meeting your heroes sure. and you know whatever. And so. You, you know, and Busy Phillips is such a good actress. You you definitely buy into it. Totally. And then he's like, Dr. Drew's like, do you want to ride home? And she's like, yeah, and I know you're married. So we get this kind of, like, throwaway line that they're not going to fuck, which, like... Thank you. Thank God. Yeah. You know? Truly. Thank you for doing that and show. And they walk off and... It's, like, it's so bad because it's just... It's contrived on every level. These are... F- they like again get close to things that might be interesting but just like are like oh that one might be interesting let's just go around that we wouldn't want to do anything there and like it's like i love an episode where everyone's mess spills out but like that's not what this is no so this is just seemingly like filler episode for no reason. When and we have, like, three episodes left. Like, how many are before the finale? Is it 23? Yeah, it's 23. So, so we have, like, four. This is, like, the fourth, fourth from, the, from end. the end. And they're going to do a filler one? Right. 
Like, the end of the series. No shit, yeah. Like, what? You know, and again, like, I understand that there was this deal with MTV, Loveline, whatever. Like, you know, I get, I see what happened on the screen. But, like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, couldn't we have done better than this? God, one would hope. Like, honestly, the whole, like, daddy issues thing we could have talked about with Jen and and Joey to get some resolution. I mean, we don't even know what Audrey's dad is like, other than he's, like, a businessman. We know a few things, and a lot of them aren't great. Yeah, so what if we had gotten to know more about Audrey in this episode and her backstory, you know, and, like, had the the three female leads bond together (laughs) afterwards at a bar? God, I would have killed for that. You know, like, we get this... I don't give a fuck about Eddie. I, I just, like, I cannot care about him. CJ sucks. I mean, universally sucks. I mean, I know I'm just being petty by, like, naming him on our Instagram stories because I'm mad at the world right now. But, like, also, he, no one's like, no, I kind of liked CJ. No one has said that to us. You know? I, no, I know. It's like, what? I know. No, it's and bad. And Jack is being wild. Right, and, like, David is the dude that I care the most about that one of our characters is dating, but, like, you're not giving me anything with him, so... I know nothing about him. I know the same about him as I do. I know less about him than I did Emma. Right. At least Emma, like, we heard about her mom. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Totally. And, like, she had some hobbies, you know? Totally. David, we literally know nothing about him, and he's been here for like the whole of this. Is he in the the f- premiere episode? He's been here for like a long he's ass time. He's not in the premiere, but he's been here a while. And we know nothing about him. Yeah, it's so fucked up. It's stupid. This episode is stupid. So dumb. What a fucking waste of time. Now, is it worse than Downtown Crossing? I mean. It's like one of those ones, like to me, I still personally just really hate Coda because I think it changed. I think that's the moment the show decided to go on a path that it didn't need to go on that really cemented all of the problems of the show. Okay. For me personally. So to me, I think that that's the worst, the worst one because Joey kissing Dawson. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, I mean, this one, is it worse than Downtown Crossing? The no. Only, the only thing I'll give it over Downtown Crossing is that at least we have characters and they do talk to each other. Yeah. Not much, but I like... I mean, we get two laugh out loud jokes. We do. We do. Are and there that's any jokes true. in Downtown Crossing? No. I don't think so. No. I and thankfully, the, it, the scene, the one we watched, had the singing cut out of it. Yeah, but there's singing God. in Downtown Crossing, too. Ugh. Katie Holmes singing. That is a joke. <laughs> Katie Holmes singing The Carpenters, <laughs> which is like, God, <gasps> leave Karen Carpenter alone. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, is it... yeah, you're right. I think Downtown Crossing is the worst one. Yeah. Out of the two. Out of the two. But you think, but Coda, for you, is the worst episode. I... I mean, we still got four left, three left, you know, but no. I, I'm not sure that any of them are as bad not, as this. They're not. <laughs> yeah, they're not. This, is, um, this is a nightmare. Just for me, and I, I understand, like, you know, it's all opinions. It doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. matter. But I just think that that is the episode where you can see the trajectory no, totally. that I think they wanted. Totally. And as a result, <laughs> it's such a terrible episode because it makes a choice that 
changes everything but like totally you know in this way that is stupid and dumb and doesn't make it it's not earned unwarranted and super annoying and totally every every episode we've watched since then has had the taint of that you know um choice uh by the writers it doesn't make sense and these ones are just stupid and like i don't know it, it's like what is that one in season two where she joey like goes to the secondary location on the photo shoot yeah yeah yeah. uh it's like careful what you wish for psychic psychic leanings or something it's like something weird yeah Yeah. um yeah it's the one in the middle and there's like a there's like a um fortune teller yeah (laughs) oh yeah and she like tells the fortune to andy and that starts andy's like downwards descent of her like mental crisis but like not really but like yeah the guy hits on jack yeah 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 Yeah. totally um you know so like that that like i feel like this episode is like in it makes sense for like at this point in a season where they're like we don't know what to do we're gonna do like a there's gonna be a fortune teller and uh, whatever. Yeah, who knows? And Joey's, We're just throwing shit at a wall. Joey's right gonna now. be doing a photo shoot with like, um, you know what? Is, <laughs> yeah, a fucking leopard print boa. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. What was that thing at the mall where you would like they would get dressed up? Do you glamour shot. Glamour shot. They're gonna have a glamour shot to shoot. You know? Yeah. So like you know, or like even the existence of Eve every episode she's in, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. so absolutely insane. So I just think for the show insane stuff happens like this where you're like i don't know what i just saw why was it why was everyone sweating and like (laughs) eve breaks into a boat you know what (laughs) um it like makes sense but like downtown crossing is like we're we're going for gravity yeah and then it's like what did i just watch Yeah. yeah 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 so maybe i do think that downtown crossing is the worst one so who are you rooting for zero people um i'm rooting for jen i mean i do think that her storyline makes sense to me and her freaking out at cj makes sense i don't i don't except i can't root for jen to be with cj no but i i can root for her to like get through this trauma event she's having sure you know yeah i'll give you that and if that means that she's like i'm gonna break up with you but also maybe i want to be with you and act a fool I kind of buy that. Yeah, sure. You and know? sometimes when you're going through hard things, you fuck people you shouldn't. Yeah, you act a fool, you yeah. know? So I kind of buy that. Jack's trash. Joey, fuck off. I'm sorry. Audrey. Audrey. I mean, I guess I'm rooting for Audrey. for her, but, like, I'm just so heartbroken with the storylines they've given her the whole yeah. season, or series for that matter, but <laughs> particularly this season yeah. has been really sad. It's been rough. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they could have just had her be the friend, the wild friend, but the friend, you know? Totally. Um, so it's kind of sad to see her where she's at now. Um, and, like, you know, I don't know what the fuck Dawson or Pacey is doing. No. So. Yeah, wow. All right. So for our listener corner, this is from Roxanne. Do you think the stilted framing of Pacey and Joey's quasi-relationship after Castaways was an intentional pause on the writer's part? 
the only justification I can understand for this non-committal weirdness of them almost getting back together without fully giving it a shot is the writers knew the series was wrapping up too soon to give it a full-fledged arc. It's fair to assume the show wanted to keep Joey's endgame open-ended until the last moment of the finale for obvious reasons of keeping the audience on the hook. Do you think that's why they backed away from giving us too much Pacey too soon? Because let's be real, if the two of them had had a full-on season 3 arc all over again, Dawson's chances would have been dead and buried by the end of the series finales rolled around. I can't think of any other reason to cut it when they just do with freaking Eddie. Feels like they had there had to be a purposeful delay to keep us guessing. Yeah, I mean... I think that probably is the thought process behind it. I will say, just, like, to think about the pacing of the season, I think if you're going to do that, you have them do... The castaway should be much earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, you let them kind of have this thing that runs its course. Castaway should have been right after Eddie left the first time. Yeah. And then when Eddie comes back, he actually comes back instead of Joey's best friend, like, bringing her back. And then that could have been, like, a real turmoil point for him. Because it doesn't make sense she was traumatized by him going to California. Because I agree. Because she drove him there. She she facilitated that. No, I agree. And I think that, like, I think that if you had put it earlier and let them run, let her the relationship sort of run its course. And then, I mean, even if you had been, like, she's like, this is too serious for me right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Like, Eddie doesn't even have to be involved in that part. Like, yeah. in the, like, her being like, I can't do this. Yeah. I think there are a lot of reasons why she might not want to do it right yeah. now, particularly. Right? Like, even if she loves Pacey, even if she's still attracted to him. Also, you could have worked in this, like, Pacey storyline that they seem to want to tell, even though they're not telling it, which is that, like, he is this job changing him, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you could have worked that in, too, where she's like, I don't know if I like who you're becoming. Yeah. You know? And we're like, in the same place in our life because who you've become or something like that. And we're not in the same place in our life because, like, you know, kind of sort of similar to Audrey, but, like, maybe not exactly the same, is, like, I'm in college. Yeah. Which means that, like, I stay up super late. I have to study. I have midterms. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, I stay up late and I get up late. Mm-hmm. And, like... I, so because of your job, it means I don't see you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like... And I work on weekends because I have a job, you know, whatever. Right. And my senior year of college, you know, I lived in a house. Um, Aaron, Aaron did not live in that house, but she was there a lot. Mm-hmm. But like I lived in a house that like we had one person who worked, who was out of college and worked. Yeah. And like it did not go great. Yeah. That there were like multiple college kids and then I one know, and person who had to get up like right by the living room. Too. And yeah. Her, whose bedroom was next to the living room, right off the living room. Like it did not go great. Yeah. We fought, all of us fought with each other that whole year because like we were in college and we would stay up late and yeah. we were loud. And like, you know, my thing is like that to me is really interesting. Right. And as a person who, um, you know, right out of college worked weird hours, mm-hmm. Like, you and I both worked weird hours and you stay up very late. So, like, you and I could hang out at weird times. But, like, a lot of my friends, like, I didn't see that much because, like, I worked until 9 or 10 p.m. And they were like, girl, I got to be at work at at 8, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, and so, like, 
you know, they couldn't go out to midnight movies with me or go to bars right, and like, right. you know, whatever. And at, at 10 p.m. So I think that's a really that that's a very real and interesting mm-hmm. problem that you have at that age where people are in different spots and they it feels really like hard to like hurdle over those things mm-hmm. in a way that I think once you get older, it's less hard. Right. You know, and I think that that's really interesting. And I, w- I wish that we could have seen that. And I wish they would have done justice to Pacey and Joey's relationship in that way that it's like, let it just run its course. I mean, I feel that way about even Pacey and Dawson or sorry, Joey and Dawson. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm saying that either. But like they were like, OK, we got to get them together. And then they like explode it. And then we don't really explore what that meant to them. Right. And we don't see like how their lives change because of that, you know? And even if they're not talking to each other, that it's still affecting them in any way. Yeah, and that, like, everyone else is talking to each other and knowing what's going on and how things are happening or whatever. This show has, like, surprisingly little gossip. I know. This is not how friend groups function. I totally agree, especially high school friends. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And college friends. Like, you're like, she doesn't what? Like, Yeah, but they've been friends for so long. You would think they would gossip nonstop in in a thoughtful way but still in a th- right I, I, when we say that we don't mean bad yeah but like you absolutely are like yeah, we did get you, that scene did, where so and so say this to you because like she said this to me and i don't know <laughs> like that's yeah whatever well for how good of friends that jack and jen are with pacey do they even know what happened right you know um, and that, like, we could have gotten, like, three episodes about that. Totally. You know, and we would have been living for it. Living. That's the whole L-I-V-I-N. point of season three, where everyone's kind of, like, wrapped up in it. Right. And people are having these conversations. Like, yeah. Joey and Jen have that conversation at the girls' night. Yeah, and Jack and Je- Joey have that conversation at the anti-prom. Yeah, you and know? then Pacey talks to, like, Jen about it. Yes. And, like... You know, it's like everyone kind of gets like a piece of it. Andy and, even and Andy. Dawson. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. Yeah. And it's like everyone's kind of has their moments of like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Can you believe this? I mean, that was like one of the most devastating parts about Jack or sorry, Jen and Dawson being together that people weren't like gossiping about it. Yeah. You know, like it was like only that one episode where the, everyone finds out and yeah. it wasn't like. Audrey being a like a stunning episode. Yeah, yeah. That's but Audrey was so wasn't good. like, "How do you feel, Joey?" Yeah. Like, no, but like, "How do you really feel?" Right. Like, you know, um, or like, "Have you seen Jen?" Yeah. Have you guys talked? Or Jack and Joey talked about it, and Jack, because Jack wasn't really on the side of them right. working out, you know. Um, so I don't know. I, I just think that they like hammered a lot of things together and they didn't really know what to do and they kept throwing things at walls and being like just go with it yeah and everyone was on their own journey and they couldn't really find like what the arcs would be and how they would intersect yeah which is just so disappointing i agree um so yeah Yeah. okay for art and artists this is from nicole I love the art and artist sections, and I think the issues you're exploring have been so thought-provoking. Regarding the contrast between Pacey and Dawson, I've been struck how their parallel careers are both so similar and also opposed. Neither is in college. Both have bosses, mentors who allow them to experience real success, etc. 
while both are working in industries rife with sexism and abuse that we actually see on screen, it's only Pacey's work that's presented as a threat to his soul. Mm. Whereas Dawson's, he's more or less seen as pure and untainted by everything around him. Even Todd's skeeziness towards Natasha and women in general. What if Rich was a very nice person who was good to Pacey, good to his employees, and not a raging sexist homophobe, but Pacey still had to go through the theme things that seemed unethical Mm -hmm. there's much more interesting that's much more interesting if the people are good but the system is exploitative yeah is it possible that the writers didn't see the similarities between pacey and dawson's choices i'm wondering if this is a factor not just of pacey's being the bad guy to dawson's good guy but the writers blind spots towards the industry they've chosen to work in Hmm. maybe most of them probably had early careers very similar to Dawson's, Mm -hmm. whereas the portrayal of Pacey's workplace is almost stereotypical, quote, evil Wall Street corruption. It's taken for granted that there is nothing redeeming about Pacey's work or the people there. But if it's a, quote, creative industry, there's an assumption that the work is important and that creating art redeems personal behavior or that creative industries are, are naturally quote, liberal. So racism, (laughs) sexism, homophobia are not real problems. Mm -hmm. Todd treats Natasha badly, mocks her behind her back, and jokes about sexual exploits with female extras. That's pretty gross. But as long as he's good to Dawson, he's a good person that the audience can still like. And Dawson isn't implicated in a way by his attachment to Todd. And when Natasha gets a job with Spielberg, it's implied she slept her way into casting versus when Dawson gets to do reshoots, it's because he's talented and hardworking, Mm. thus vindicating Todd's low opinion of her and his good opinion of Dawson. Mm -hmm. It can't be that Dawson is benefiting from being a white man mentored by another white man who, quote, sees a lot of himself in even though the Pacey-Rich relationship is the same dynamic. Mm. It's almost like this season is a micro example of the way Hollywood can take on the finance industry in movies like The Big Short or Wall Street, but would never be able to examine itself. So Me Too appears to have broken open the quote from out of nowhere. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, I think I think you're spot on, Nicole. I think... Um, oh, I remembered someone's name. <laughs> oh, someone clap. Um, so <laughs> thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, I think that like the, I think you're spot on in that assessment. I think that like definitely, I think that a lot of the rich stuff is probably coming from the writer's experiences. Like, the um the rich or the Todd I'm sorry the Todd stuff uh-huh. I'm so yeah. sorry the Todd stuff it's probably coming from the writer's experiences in Hollywood but I also think that like um there I think in both industries and I I've never worked in finance though one of my best friends does um, I think in both industries, you there's this like way in which people who are quote unquote successful mm-hmm. get away with shit, um, and like I think that's true in probably every industry, right? Yeah. Like, 
like so if you're if you're a director if you're joss whedon say Mm -hmm. and you write avengers and are bringing in a ton of money how hard is it for you to get the if for any justice to be served when you're harassing and sometimes sexually harassing people on your sets Mm -hmm. like yeah it's hard yeah like scott rudin scott rudin harvey weinstein i mean harvey weinstein you know it took decades Mm -hmm. for that to to come to light i mean we all like the thing with roman polanski is he literally admitted that he committed this crime he raped a child yeah yeah and so i think that like and i think that like in you know in wall street and in sort of finance you know a lot of these people if they're making money for people bad behavior is overlooked mm-hmm. right in fact bad behavior is encouraged i mean look we had a whole president mm-hmm. that that was because of that shit and i think that like and so i think talking that, about reagan from hollywood right <laughs> reagan i mean <laughs> There's been a few, (laughs) is what I'm saying. But I think that, like, you know, obviously those things are true. I think what's super interesting is, like, I don't think that the writers, to answer her question, Nicole's question, I don't think that the writers were necessarily cognizant of the fact that these two things were parallel. I know. It does not feel like they knew that those were parallel stories. I completely agree with you, and I'm just watching it the whole time, like, stunned. How is it not? These are the exact story, and we're supposed to draw one conclusion from Pacey's and another from Dawson's, and I'm like, no. And it's not the ones that I'm drawing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the opposite of what I'm Yeah. Totally, and I think that, like, that's... I, I mean, I think that says more about both where we were as a society, what the writers thought, like the strength of the two actors, the strength of the two actors. Like, I think it says a lot about a lot of things that, that that's the truth, right? Mm -hmm. That like, it feels like you did not only didn't know that these were parallels, but also thought that we should be on Dawson's side and not on Pacey's side because, and I think that's where the like bias comes in of like, well, Dawson's doing something creative and creative endeavors are always worthwhile. And I, I, sometimes think that and protecting your creativity you know your creative integrity is the most important thing even if it means you lose your moral integrity because mm-hmm. that's what we're watching with dawson sure but that's what we're seem that what we seem to the the show seems to want us to be watching with pacey yeah, that Pacey's losing his moral integrity while questioning whether or not he's losing it, where Dawson hasn't questioned that whatsoever. At once. I mean, I think he maybe slightly questioned it last episode, but like it wasn't really, it kind of came out of nowhere, but that's fine. <laughs> but at the same time, like I didn't feel like he really took it, you know, when he asked advice from Todd, you know, that was like two episodes ago. Um, he didn't really like take it anywhere where he's just like, what do, how do I know when I lost myself? And you're like, well, you already lost yourself. And also, I think, I mean, I look at it and go, you know, if that was a movie where they came to Dawson and said, would you direct this movie? The like, whatever one that it ended up being, not the one he pitched. There's a part of me that's like, would he have said no to that? 
Hmm. Is it just because, like, the story got changed right. from, like, what he knew it was? But, like, if they came to him and was like, yeah, this story about a stripper and a blah, 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 or whatever this, the fucking story was, yeah, would he have been like, okay, I, uh, and that's I fine. I guess for us, I, um, we were like, we want to see this movie. This sounds fucking wild. Hell yeah. So, like, I don't really think he would have lost anything morally by choosing that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe he would have lost something creatively because he wants to write, like, really boring ass, like, no sex, like, uh, bullshit, like, no nuanced storylines about his childhood. And he wants to also tell the story of people that didn't consent to that, which is, like, totally Dawson's vibe. But, like, to me, I don't think he would have morally lost anything by telling this story of a stripper burning down the ice house. I agree with you. I, I would have loved to see that. And he could have done... Like, if if he wanted to creatively create nuance out of that, he could have done both. I agree But that you. wasn't the story that the, the... What we were supposed to... What we were supposed to draw was like, oh, man, Dawson, he really wants to keep his creative integrity. What a good guy. And I was like, what do you mean? The whole time we just listened to him be absolutely silent while they, like were fucked up to Natasha. Yeah, and that's and that's my point though, right? If they had come to him with this script about the stripper who burned down the ice house and he hadn't had anything to do with creating it, mm-hmm. I bet you he would have said yes to that movie and I actually it's a movie I would have liked to see. And so yeah. my thing is like, what am I supposed to take mm-hmm. from the fact that he says no to this movie, you know, be, because like he knows what it should have been. Yeah, and then just scoping it out. I mean, what are we supposed to draw conclusions if we're supposed to say that your integrity is about your storytelling and keeping to your creative integrity and then this is the season six we get yeah so yeah <laughs> great question <laughs> you know um i i i personally feel a lot of this storytelling to me and I don't, like, want to get into the weeds about this because I feel like it's super nativist, but as someone who's, like, fifth-generation Californian and second-generation Angelino, I know that there's this narrative of people that move here and they become, like, like any convert, like, over the top about Mm -hmm. wherever they convert to. And they're like, this is the way it is in L.A. And I'm like, wow, that's so interesting you're creating a narrative about a place. That's so interesting that you think that. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Not Um, my experience. Yeah. yeah, Wow. Wow. So your L.A. is all white. (laughs) Wow. You know, it's the biggest Spanish-speaking city in the world. That's not... In Mexico. Yeah, or in Latin America. America, yeah. Yeah. So... uh, And to me, these storytellings feel like this East Coast, West Coast thing of like the finance is so rooted in the East Coast. And like, so as a result, it's like all bad. Mm -hmm. And then the like Hollywood is so West Coast. And so it's like, well, but we're the liberal ones. And you're like, well, at this time, we're two years post Prop 22, which like said that a marriage was only between a man and a woman in California. And we're like four years pre or no six years pre prop eight eight. you know um and people forget that california we're only you know eight years post being a republican state voting Mm -hmm. for a president a republican president so a lot of these things you're like i mean at this point we we are about to have a republican governor yeah exactly yeah so you know there are these things that commonly are held and like and this is a rhetoric that 
hypocrisy that is pointed out by the right where it's like well you're hypocrites and everyone's a hypocrite so okay (laughs) you know but so like that's the way this always felt to me where it's like well hollywood is good because the west coast is good and the east coast is fucking corrupt and you're like well we're all bankrupt (laughs) you know yeah i mean that's interesting i don't know that i get that vibe but i think like there is a vibe there of like because you deal in finance and finance is what really fucks people, you know, Mm -hmm. like you couldn't possibly be in the, you know, fucking people if you're in Hollywood, like it kind of, you know, yeah, I I hear that. Yeah. Because in 2002, 2003, we were in a double recession in California because the dot-com happened around 99 to 2001. And then we had the, you know, recession from nine 11. So yeah, we were like seeing these corrupt and the dot com was specific to the you know to the stock market yeah um and it really hurt the state of california like astronomically it, it was a recession only like essentially in our state yeah. and a really deep and bad one yeah um that would have we would have been feeling the effects to you know at this time yeah. um, we didn't have any money so i don't know how much you and i were feeling i mean i definitely did my college fund dropped by 30 oh, percent. yeah yeah um but like yeah so anyway we i i think I, I don't know i think it's interesting i think it's an interesting the way those two storylines have been handled um i wish they were better yeah god but that's the that's the mantra for season six. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where, like, the... I don't know. You just wish it was a lesson broadly for storytelling. We're like, don't just idolize two characters, like Dawson and Joey. Yeah. Because it's like, well, Dawson is always the good guy. And you're like... <laughs> like That's boring. That's it's so, so boring. boring. Yeah. And Joey always being the, like, perfect one. That shit's boring. And I think that's what we're seeing kind of bear out is that like you've written yourself into this weirdo corner. And and what's weird about the corner that you've written yourself into is We see it in this episode where she can't even admit she has daddy issues. You create a character whose dad is in jail and we're supposed to draw a conclusion about that. And then we're not allowed to draw that conclusion like within herself. But like it's such an easy corner to write yourself out of. I know. It's not even a corner. No. But somehow we're stuck in it. I know. Oh, it's so annoying. So I don't understand why. Because like, and I don't understand who's pulling the levers on this. It feels very antithetical. You know, it's like, I think that there are really smart, talented writers working on this show. Yeah. And it feels antithetical to them. So I'm what, so I think that's like, I don't know. I, I keep trying not to like have this fucking conversation with myself because I think it's futile, right? We're never going to know who the string, what strings were being pulled by whom. Right. But it, like, feels so disappointing. It feels so frustrating because you're like, why does Joey have to be this perfect person? Isn't yeah. it so much more interesting if, like, she has fucking problems? And and listen, Joey and has problems. not the alternate problems. where Jen is only the fucked up one. Right. Like, I just don't think we need these really set in stone foils. And they're not even foils because they're not even talking to each other. So yeah. it's not like they're bouncing off of each other. Yeah, at yeah. All. But like, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> like, I just think like, God, wouldn't it have been interesting if we got to see, if we got to acknowledge Joey's flaws because they're there. The problem is, is that the show's like, no, no, no. Those aren't flaws. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's perfect. And it's just like, but I'm, I, I can, 
but I can see it. It's like you're gaslighting me. I know. Like, I can see your flaws. <laughs> She's very flawed. Right. She's a very bad person and a good person, but a very bad person at a lot of times. Right. And so, like, give me this story. Why am I not? Why aren't you acknowledging some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, and same with Dawson and same with it's like you acknowledge Pacey is like the full range of his humanity in a certain mm-hmm. way. And even Jen, like, at least it gets acknowledged that she's like has issues like has had issues you know in a way those two get to be more fleshed out characters because they run the gamut Mm -hmm. right but like Dawson and Joey just are these like weirdo like neutered people and like I really they're hard to watch I couldn't agree more so yeah anyway we've got four more episodes Jesus three four yeah, three of this season. Four of this season. Yeah. Yeah, 2021. And then, and then the finale. Yeah, okay. So we're slogging. Oh, boy, are we. Trying to make it. But thank you all for being here, um, making space with us. Thank you, Nicole, and thank you, Roxanne, for emailing mm-hmm. us. Um, if you all want to start getting your questions in, we're going to do a season six wrap-up before we do the series finale, and we're going to try to, you know, say a prayer for us, light some candles. We're going to try to get some um, interviews in in that period too and then also give us a little summer break because... We need to we need to be away from season six before we do the finale exactly. because I don't think we're going to come to the finale at our best if I we agree. have just slogged through these episodes. I agree with you. That's the conversation we've been having is like... And I felt that way after doing castaways that episode is so good but after the slog of season six i felt like i was like fuck you joey fuck this and i couldn't really i don't know enjoy it be in there in the same way where like sometimes on a sunday night i'm like i'm gonna fucking watch castaways i love this you know what i mean yeah um so i definitely think we want to take like a break we'll probably do try to do like a few season six wrap-ups so give us your questions for that and then we'll get some interviews going so we'll do like a you know three four week break before we do the finale um so get those in now um and so we can kind yeah. of do those um and like i said we're gonna we're we're trying to schedule some stuff but yeah light some candles for us um yeah and we hope you all are staying safe it's a truly wild time to be alive mm-hmm. but you know we're all hanging in there um and we hope you all are doing the same. Uh, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, stop Asian hate, honor our treaties, water is life. We stand with all movements to protect the rights of the working class. Police unions are not true unions. They work against society. All of us. All of us. <laughs> um, Medicare for all. Um, you know, abortion is pro-life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, uh, cancel student debt. Yeah. What else do we need? We need no more assault rifles on the street. Oh, yes. Common sense, quote unquote, gun laws. We need queer people to be able to have bodily autonomy, just like, you know, people who can have children. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I know pride is over. Pride month is over, but you know. Queer people are under attack in this country, and that is directly correlated to anti-abortion rhetoric mm-hmm. and this Second Amendment fucking nonsense. You know, bodily autonomy is under attack, no matter what form it comes in. So, yeah, separation you know, of church and state is under attack. A lot of things. Are. Um, yeah, our 
you know, constitutional rights to remain silent are under attack. Um, yeah. And so, um, and just worldwide rights are under attack mm-hmm. universally and it's fucking dark. Um, but yeah, we hope you're staying cool, drink your water, just take a nap, <laughs> some sleep in, you know, um, cause like, yeah, you know, we're, you know, yeah, take care of yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us, dawsonscritique at gmail.com. We want to shout our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at GoFreakingCrazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley. For Capitalism Corner, we have merch, bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. Thank you, everyone. Who ordered stuff last month was gangbusters that, uh, that uh, jen i know she killed someone with champagne Shit's that so was funny. a good one i know yeah um we have a patreon uh where we're revisiting some classic dawson's creek episodes so that's been really fun to just be in better times oh my god yeah <laughs> um patreon.com slash dawson's critique and we are gonna do something for, for the finale over there i think we're we're going to live stream it over there, like us watching it. So we're going to work on that. We'll let you know when it comes closer. But, um, yeah, if you want to get on that, patreon.com slash Dawson's Critique. And as always, you can order our book, I Remember Everything, Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek, available wherever you get your books. We're going to give a shout-out to Palabras Bookstore in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, they're a bilingual bookstore, really cool bookstore um, in uh, Phoenix there. Um, I was just there uh, two weeks ago and uh it was very hot but it was very it was lovely um <laughs> anyway means so, it means words <laughs> palabras yes yeah. it does mean words um e- please like a subscribe write a review wherever it is you get your podcast thank you so much to those of you who have done that we really appreciate it it helps us immensely when you do um you can find me on twitter and instagram at pesty 1079 please have a good week thank you so much for being here with us um we hope you're taking care of yourselves and we'll see you next week next time I don't want to wait for our lives to be over I want to know right